Millions of campers are set for a Memorial Day camping explosion. Campgrounds may be coming to Love's truck stops. Reserved boondocking is being tested out in Colorado. The electric F-150 has been released and more. It's time for the latest in RV and camping news. I'm Jason Epperson and welcome to the RV Miles News Roundup where we provide you with the latest in news and information about RVs, camping, and road trip travel. I'm coming to you from Myrtle Beach where there are about a billion helicopters, airplanes, jets, vehicles, golf carts, you name it. It's about the noisiest air traffic I've ever heard, so bear with me. According to KOA's monthly research report, more than 17.8 million households will kick off the summer camping season in North America over Memorial Day and Victoria Day in Canada weekends, which is more than one third of the projected 52.5 million households that intend to camp over the entirety of 2021, which will be more than last year. While most campers only plan to camp over the holiday weekend, the report indicates that 24% plan to extend their trip by either a day or two or even an entire week. Where do they plan to go? Well, private campgrounds ranked fourth, national park campgrounds ranked third, wilderness areas and backcountry second, and state park campgrounds were the number one choice destination. The top five Memorial Day camping states are New York, California, Pennsylvania, Colorado, and Texas. Speaking of KOA, a partnership with Love's Travel Stops and Country Stores may bring campsites to your local truck stop. Love's has entered into a franchise agreement with KOA, which doesn't necessarily mean we'll start seeing campgrounds attached to some of Love's 550 locations in 41 states, but Love's is a big company that has been expanding in recent years further into the hospitality world, including a growing number of hotels and storage rental locations, most of which, but not all, are on the same land as Love's truck stops. Now, I wouldn't expect these to be just small campsites attached to a truck stop if Love's portfolio of hotels is any indication. Love's operates full-service Holiday Inn Express, Microtel, and Fairfield Inn accommodations that most people wouldn't realize have any affiliation with the neighboring Truckers Oasis. A KOA journey in Macomb, Mississippi will be Love's first entrance into the campground market. It's expected to open by the end of the year. Journey campgrounds are KOA's convenient low-frills parks, offering pull-through sites and well-lit after-hours check-in along major highways. I think the biggest news here is that a major company is getting into the campground building game. The new Lightning F-150 electric truck has been unveiled, and not surprisingly, it's not going to be an ideal vehicle for towing an RV. For one big reason, the same thing that all electric vehicles suffer from, range. Lightning will go up to 300 miles in one charge if you get the bigger battery option, 230 with the smaller. It sounds decent and many of us never go much further than that on a travel day, but with even half of the 10,000 pound towing capacity attached, range may drop as much as two-thirds. Still, it's an interesting glimpse into what the future of RVing with an electric vehicle might look like. The lack of a petroleum-powered engine and all the things that need to accompany it allows for the entire front end of the Lightning to act as a trunk or a frunk. The truck's computer will combine the automatically sensed weight of the payload with GPS data of your planned route to figure out a more accurate range, accounting for grades and traffic. Now, the range can be improved by the ability to charge up to 54 miles worth in 10 minutes and charge from about 15 to 80 percent in about 41 minutes at 63,000 charging stations on the road. So one can imagine that in five years, if the range doubles, 
we might be able to drive 200 miles with the 6,000 pound trailer attached, charge for an hour while eating lunch, and then hit the road for another 200 miles. Still, I think the most exciting thing to happen to towing in the last several years is the F-150 Hybrid, which was released last year, and I wish that more development was going into high-capacity hybrid vehicles, which should have viability for decades to come, even if the whole world is driving electric cars in 10 years. Graft an electric motor onto that 7.3-liter Godzilla engine, and you've got the power to pull a 15,000-pound fifth wheel with an excellent fuel economy while you're darting around unloaded. Regardless, Lightning is priced competitively with the rest of the F-150 lineup starting at around $39,000 on up to $90,000 with an additional $7,500 federal tax credit available. Ford's offering for customers to reserve their place in line with a refundable $100 deposit, which is apparently a thing we do now. Over 40,000 deposits were made in the first 48 hours. You'll see them on dealer lots next spring. This episode is sponsored by the Togo RV app. If you're looking for route navigation on your phone that takes into account the length and height of your RV, look no further than the Togo RV app, which also includes checklists, maintenance reminders, and recall alerts for your specific RV, and a whole lot more. The app is free, but a $39 per year Togo RV Plus membership gives you full access to the navigation features, plus my favorite road trip planning software, Road Trippers Plus. You can get $10 off with the code RVMILES10X. That's RVMILES10X for the Togo RV app, T-O-G-O. Well, that Texas statewide ban on public camping we reported on a couple of weeks ago, aimed at moving the homeless, I don't know where, has marched forward with a version passed by the Texas House and then amended by the Texas Senate before ultimately passing the Senate. It will have to go back to the House and then be signed by the governor, but it looks like it's going through. And I am sad to report that the current text of the bill still does not explicitly allow for overnight parking in RVs or semi-trucks or any vehicles in public places. In fact, it seems to definitely outlaw those activities. And Texas does define a public place as anywhere the public has access, which does include private businesses like Walmarts and truck stops, along with public areas like rest areas. Now, do I think that Texas law enforcement is immediately going to begin ticketing people who park overnight at a Cracker Barrel? No, but the law could easily be used as a pretext to shut down overnight parking wherever a municipality sees fit without passing any additional ordinances. In fact, it sort of requires that they do by making it illegal for local officials to allow camping in any public areas. It's a big battle between local officials, particularly in Austin, and the state government. Hopefully some last minute update to the bill will explicitly allow for parking in a vehicle overnight, but I doubt it. Colorado public lands were heavily taxed last year with an influx of campers who weren't the greatest stewards, and several dispersed camping areas have been shut down over the last several months, including the most recent portions of the Big and Little Vasquez Creeks, a popular spot near Winter Park, primarily due to water quality concerns, along with a half dozen areas that were also announced to be closing. Visitors last year trampled vegetation, compacted soils with tents and vehicles, built hundreds of new rock campfire rings, and impacted the municipal water supplies with human waste and trash, according to the Forest Service. The Arapaho and Roosevelt National Forests last summer experienced a 200% increase in recreation on top of a brutal fire season in which 25% of the forest burned. 
Officials are most concerned about public land abuses within a short distance of a water source that may provide for hundreds of thousands of people downstream. One solution is being tested out in Gunnison County, Colorado, reserved dispersed camping. It's a bit of an oxymoron to be sure, but the Forest Service is converting roadside dispersed parking locations into 211 individual reservable campsites. The more people camp, the more the effects of dispersed camping will be felt on natural resources. And this is one way to continue to allow camping without shutting it down altogether. Last week, we reported on that I-40 bridge girder in Memphis that was completely severed. Well, traffic has been rerouted to the nearby I-55 bridge, but how long does it take to get through Memphis now? Well, the Arkansas Trucking Association says that GPS data shows what had been an eight-minute drive across the I-40 bridge is now an 84-minute average drive across the I-55 bridge. And that's not going to change for a very long time. So plan your routes accordingly if you're heading through Memphis. Finally, have you ever wondered how they deliver mail and supplies throughout the tough Yellowstone winter? The park can get up to 400 inches a year of snow and 120 people live within the gates through it all. In the worst of it, rangers drive 150 miles round trip twice a week, dropping off mail, supplies, and equipment in an F-550 on steroids, helmed by Yellowstone Ranger and Winter Courier, Rachel Cudmore. 49-inch tall and 22-inch wide tires keep her tank truck driving through the icy roads with a host of suspension upgrades and the biggest fender flares you've ever seen made from a special polymer that stays pliable down to negative 36 degrees. I hope you enjoyed this week's RV and camping news. We'll continue to keep you up to date on all the latest stories and developments every single Saturday. If there's anything specific you want us to cover, let me know. You can send your suggestions or requests for topics by emailing editor at rvmiles.com. 